Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running from networks and security to communications and 24-7 support. Our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com business. Blackfoot, connect to more. You know, my sister went to Whitworth. She's smart. She is smart, but she's also the fourth smartest of the four of us. The other three of us, of course, all went to PLU. We just wanted to. We wanted to go somewhere nice. You know, that's that's what it came down to. It's fine. It's fine school there. It's just Spokane. It's just yeah. It's okay. Uh, you, we really want to get into this. It's to tell Nuanas, one hundred two nine ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. How we doing? Hope you're all well. Thanks for being here with us. We appreciate that very much. We're glad to ride along with you. If you missed anything in the first hour of the show, listen on the podcast. The Two Telling Nuanas podcast available wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to it anytime you want. That's the beauty of the thing. The podcast is available thanks to our friends at Blackfoot and Alpine Touch. If you'd like to call, 361-3688 is your phone number. Area code 406-361-3688 is that phone number. Uh, all guests join us via the Rangish Brothers RV phone online of course you can text now that number as well we've been having some fun on that uh we can get into some texts here uh, as well we're gonna have a little blind side here earlier so if you are in a, in a moment so i'd like to hear people's response to the question that i will ask you culture which you'll hear in just a moment uh, also if you'd like to listen live well go to the world wide web 1029espn.com that's our website you listen live on the listen live tab you stream the show you stream it all the time thanks to Opportunity Bank. Opportunity Bank of Montana, your local bank, your opportunity. Uh, all right, Coulter. Now, we got some FBS stuff that we can talk about if you would like to, but I don't want to spend a 
ton of time. I mean, we can spend a little time on it, but I also got some blind side for you if you want to have a little bit of fun here. Uh, so you tell me what you want to do, uh, how you want to approach uh, Okay, this. I got two pieces of news for you. Then we'll okay. talk briefly about FBS, and then we'll go into the blind side. So one, right. Timmy Falls officially entered the transfer portal okay. on Saturday from University of Montana Guard. It was uh, reported by myself at Skyline Sports that Falls had neither retired from basketball nor entered the NCAA transfer portal. Now he has. That said, that does not mean he's necessarily completely uh, out at Montana, but it does mean that it's open for him to uh, be recruited, I guess, right, by other schools. Yeah, so, yeah, that is notable. We'll see how it all goes. Uh, yeah. In other news, Jalen Hoover from the University of Idaho has also entered this, the NCAA transfer portal. Okay. That's impactful for several reasons. He's their best defensive back. The most experienced, he's a three-year starter. Started 30 games over the last three years. Uh, and that means that their three most experienced DBs, uh, Hoover, Christian Nash, and David Eppinger, have all transferred since January. That leaves former University of Montana wide receiver slash cornerback Darian Nash as the most uh, experienced DB on uh, Idaho's roster. FBS, let's, uh, I, don't, I think there's no real need to debate. I just think that the thing that we need to uh, continue to accentuate to people is what changed. I, I've had this asked to me so many times over the last 72 hours. There was this, this pretty uh, um, agreed upon notion that the FBS was going to play this year no matter what. Mm-hmm. This fall. This fall. Because of TV money, because the gate is so secondary at the Power Five than it is at this level because you can make, I mean, right now, Big Ten schools are making, I think, $78 million a piece from the Big Ten Network and other TV contracts, the SEC, at that much or maybe even more. So sacrificing that money was going to be huge. What changed over the last 72 hours? And I want I want everyone to understand that it's not because of some outbreak. It's not because of a change of the logistical strategies that these teams are going to use to mitigate this. It's because of the power of the players. The 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 players demanding third-party testing. The concept of players unionizing and what that would do to the current structure that we continue to perpetuate as the model of quote-unquote amateur athletics. It's the last thing that can happen. I, I think that it should happen. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a good thing for society at large and college football in general, but based on the current structure of the NCAA, especially when it comes to the college football playoff and the Power Fives, they can't have it happen. And I also think that the more cancel, the more will. There was a quote from a a Big Ten president that said, when this all first started, no one wanted to be the first to do it. Now none of us want to be the last to do it. Mm. So, where are we at? But there's a whole, it could be an entire restructuring of this whole thing. The ACC, their commissioner said they're going to go no matter what. The SEC has never wavered in their desire to play no matter what. Right now, four Big Ten schools, including Nebraska, Michigan, and Ohio State, are exploring the premise of joining the Big 12 for a season. So, this could be something that really alters the landscape of college football, both now and into the future. Uh, it's 2 telling the one is 102.9 ESPN Radio. And again, if you weren't with us at the beginning of the show, the breaking news as far as this goes, the COVID scoreboard that we have tallying up here, uh, the Mountain West has officially uh, postponed football for this fall into the spring of 2021 as well. So they become the second 
FBS conference joining the MAC to go ahead and do that, and obviously regionally significant uh, for uh, us here in the Mountain Time Zone. So there you go. Uh, that is uh, where we're at. All right, Coulter, can we can we play a little bit, have a little bit of fun maybe on this whole thing? We like to have a blind side every now and then. It's a little game we play. It's not really a game. It's just, you know, as has been ev- evident if, you, if you've been listening at all, Coulter and I spend a lot of time discussing the show with each other, doing prep work, and uh, so much exactly time. where we're going to go with every concept, yeah, yeah, thought, yeah, and idea yeah, that so we have. Time. So sometimes we just like to drop things on one another. And uh, here's my question for you, and if you would like to text or call in, it's fine, 361-3688 to answer this question. Coulter, you love the NBA. I know that you love the NBA, and I know that you have been watching as much of the NBA and its return uh, into the bubble as you possibly can. I'm not asking you if you're interested, if you're interested in it, if you like it, if if, you know, that's all great, and I know the answer to that question. Okay. What I'm asking you is, does it do these eight games, the regular season that is and is almost done with now, matter? Yes, they absolutely matter. Why? Well, what do you mean? They're fighting for a playoff spot. There's a couple teams fighting for a playoff spot. I have found myself... I'm interested in it because uh, it's basketball and we haven't had really sports, right? And so I'm looking at it and watching these guys go, and I'm kind of into it at that level. Mm-hmm. I have just found it to be we're jockeying for a position sure. where there's going to be a couple teams that don't make it. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. But I just have I, I have no interest in it in terms of well, who are you watching. I'm watching everybody. Well, if you're watching the headliners, then it doesn't matter, and that's what you should stop watching. Yeah, I thought watch. the worst games have been the ones that are supposed to be the best games. Lakers Clippers was, I mean, the first very first Lakers Clippers was good because yeah. it was like the very first game, the, first the very game first night. Right, but I mean, the Lakers aren't trying. LeBron's already sitting out. Like he he knows totally. that it's not about anything but being fresh for the playoffs. Yeah, the Clippers are playing about what. 40% as hard a defense yeah. as they could play with the, the guys that they got. Now, the Jazz-Nuggets game the, the other day was riveting. I think it was a double overtime that yeah. it ended up going to. It was awesome. Yeah, I loved it. It was great. But also, like, any game that gets competitive is going to be fun and compelling to watch. I, I understand that. But they're not. They're also not really playing for anything. I mean, they're in. They're going to do the thing. They're going to set up. Does the seating really matter? There's no home court advantage like we discussed on Friday. So there's not even that element to this whole thing. Right. The only thing, what I think is going to be great are the two play-in games when we have eight yep. versus nine for yep. those two yep. games. But. Other than that, I'm. It's just I'm. I'm I feel like I'm just waiting. I'm like, oh, we're gonna watch well, it, yeah. but I'm not locked into the NBA right now because I, I, I want. I needed to be in the playoffs. I need to get to the playoffs here. The hockey's been better. Yeah, except for it's hockey. Oh, enough with this. Who plays in the NHL? No one knows. No one cares. <laughs> the you, you got to just perspective. You got to adjust who you're watching. No, I'm just... Spurs, buy. Blazers, buy all day. Must watch. Grizzlies, hmm. Fun to watch because of the impending implosion. It shows you exactly how Not much... impending. Well, they just won their first game. Did they, they did. Win? They're still half game up on the Blazers, but the Blazers are coming and they're both going in different directions, but... That doesn't even matter, though, either, because they've already... The, it, it's mathematically already an impossibility not to have a play in that two-game play-in series in the West. 
It's it is happening. How we got to be? How far away? With two games left in the regular season, uh, they have played. How many games are they going to play total? Eight, I think. Right? They've, well, they've, uh, yeah, I guess I was looking at... I mean, not every team has played the same number of games. I understand that since we've returned. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I knew you were going to say that it matters and that it's important and it's great, but I just don't well, think it's that. I, I, don't, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I feel like this is just a dry run uh, I, to knock rust off so we can get to the playoffs and have some. Well, ironically, you've probably been watching it a lot more than I have. <laughs> I, I know you think that I'm just sitting there... Hun- well, I mean, I know you think I'm just sitting there hunkered down. I, I, I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I'm not very compelled to uh, sit in my house and watch a screen, really, for any reason at hey, this exact moment. Here's my next question. Yeah. Okay. Do, do you have one? Do you want to do one? No. Okay. I got you. Coulter, during this time where we got to be a little bit socially distanced, it's nice to know we can get out on the links and play a little bit of golf, and nobody better than Western Birch to get your round started right. That's right, golf's been definitely one of my favorite pastimes during quarantine times. And it's recently landed my new Western Birch customized golf tees. Go check out Western Birch golf tees at westernbirch.com. These classy golf tees are made of 100% white birch hardwood and printed with high-quality color right here in the United States. A company founded right here in Montana. These durable wood golf tees, perfect way for you to market your business. Just think, anytime you break a tee, your brand is sitting on the tee box forever. You can hand them out to your clients, your buddies, your golf partners, whoever. Great way to earn top-of-mind awareness while also playing a sport we all love. Yeah, and you can check out all the cool designs online at westernbirch.com. Add your logo on a 1,000 of any of their tees for $150 delivered to your door. Give them to clients, friends, watch them get impressed by the quality of the look of a simple golf tee and by your creativity. Give Western Birch the opportunity to show you what they are talking about. Email and ask for Chad at info at westernbirch.com, info at westernbirch.com, or follow on Instagram and Facebook, westernbirch.com. Colin Marikawa, his tee shot on 16 to 7 feet 1 inch, I believe, was what they measured it at, to make a 2 on a par 4. Where does that shot Late. Where, 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 where does it, where does it rank in the history of the game? Because, in my opinion, that is a history of the game type of type of shot. The only other shot I can ever think of on Sunday in a major that I since I've been paying attention to this when it was in Tiger Woods Tigers chipped chip. in to yeah. force a playoff. Yeah, in the PGA Championship some seventeen or eighteen years ago. But as far as, first of all. And again, we always you know, a prisoner of a moment. It's what talk radio people do is is live steeped in hyperbole and hot takes and whatever. But truly, I cannot remember a major ever where there was seven guys tied for the lead on the back nine, and you had seven dudes. Some of whom, I mean, I think the stat was. Paul Casey's finished in the top 10 of majors more than any other player in the history of golf that hasn't won a major. Mm. So you have guys like Paul Casey, who's 44, 45 years old, right. playing the best round he's ever played. You got guys like Dustin Johnson, who always, I want to say he's right my favorite there. golfer, and then I watch him, what he did on Sunday, and it's like, man, he has the opposite of a ferocious approach on Sunday, and it really drives me crazy. Like, when is he ever going to care? It really bothers me. But then you have guys like Bryson DeChambeau, who... 
could be, should be, and is, but still with some skepticism, this unbelievable rising star. Mm-hmm. But because he's so unorthodox, we're always going to question it, right? And then you have all these young guns led by Colin Barakawa. And I can't remember... Matthew a t- Wolf. I can't remember a time when you had that many guys tied at the top, and then you had... This moment, you know, DJ is coming down the back. He's he's he drops one, but then he makes one. I mean, he he holds out, but where you have a singular shot, there's moments, you know, where you do this, you do that, but to have one shot to hit it. Not I mean, everybody on the on on the last couple of groups on Sunday can drive that green. It's not the impressive feat to be able to drive the green. It's to go for the pin over the tallest tree on the course and stick it. From 296 out, seven feet away, and then bang the eagle putt to slam the door shut like that. I've never seen a young guy, honestly, honestly, and I don't want this to sound too over the top. There's, I've never seen a guy that young with that much confidence on a Sunday in a major, except for Tiger Woods. Un- unflappable. Truly. Uh, I mean, he attacked that course to go shoot a 64 to win a major when you're 23 years old. There, it, was, it was astounding. It was an amazing moment. There was a moment... Uh, before, like one hole before that shot, where I believe it was six players were tied for the lead at 10 under. I mean, you're talking about Dustin Johnson, Tony Finau, Bryson DeChambeau, Paul Casey, like you mentioned, Morikawa, and Matthew Wolf, uh, and Jason Day. They're all there together. And I thought we were going to have a four or five person playoff. That's what I thought was coming. And then that shot happened, and it he put everybody to bed with that one stroke, and and the putt. The putt always is going to get somewhat overlooked because it's it was an easy putt. Well, guess what? It's seven feet for eagle on sixteen on Sunday to win your first. Set. I mean, come on! No, 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 no. There's no eagle easy eagle putt in the world uh, in that scenario. Morikawa jumped on the scene three weeks ago to me when he went. Head-to-head with Justin Thomas, who we know has the majors and I think 13 tour wins now. He's a great young player in his own right and one of the absolute... He's number one golfer in the world after his win two two weeks ago or last week, whatever it was. They're tied on the 18th green and Justin Thomas bangs in a 52-foot putt that's curling all over everything. It makes it for birdie and looks like the tournament. And Marikawa's got like a 28-footer and he gets up there, cool as a breeze, and knocks it in when he's got to have it right there. And I went, whoa, this kid here? How about this guy? And you said it to me earlier, but you have this guy from the Bay, played at Cal in San Francisco, not his home track, but in his home area. A lot of friends and family, certainly in the area, and a couple of them even at the tournament. And he just goes up and just rips it from everybody. And it wasn't just one guy. Like, a lot of times these tournaments might come down to a head-to-head, or maybe there's a third person in there. There's eight, nine, ten dudes who are all either major winners or top five golfers in the world that are sitting here on the hunt, and it wasn't even close. I mean, he blew the doors off in the matter of really one shot. Hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously, yep. but we've talked a lot about the 
the first group of rising stars in the post Tiger era. Tiger's still playing, but it's not the, it's not Tiger Woods' world. We're all living in it like it was from 1997 until t- 2012, 2013. That whole group that was the the first to emerge: Adam Scott, Jordan Spieth, Jason Day, Justin Johnson. Brooks Kepka's probably in that group, although he blossomed a little bit later, but he's the same age as those guys. And again, hindsight's twenty twenty. But even when you were watching those guys blossom and bloom, you could pick out a definitive flaw, not in their mechanical game, but in their personality that was going to keep them from overcoming. Dustin Johnson, it's his lack of initiative. Jason Day, sometimes, and again, we're splicing hairs. These guys are the greatest golfers in the world. But Jason Day, he doesn't have that killer instinct. Jordan Spieth, we've seen this, the roller coaster that he could be. When he's hot, there's nobody better. When he's not hot, there's honestly none of the elite guys are worse. Yeah. Justin Thomas, when he's not stroking it, when he's not peering the ball, he beats himself up. He talks bad to himself. You can t- you can see it. He was so mad that he was just shoot playing par golf all weekend. He couldn't stick one and just make a birdie. Mm-hmm. The one guy I thought early that did have that steely charisma to overcome it was Rory McIlroy. But then when Rory got all sideways with Caroline Wozniak, he's never been the same. I mean, he won four majors and seven starts. And that was, it seems like yesterday, but that was six years yeah, ago. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And, and then you have Brooks Kepka, And Kepka seemed like he had that steely, I'm going to make everybody else melt around me while I'm just the Iron Man. But then he started writing checks that he, they can't he, cash, he, man. He started talking he too much talk smack, man. He also... Won me our bet. Thank did you. Did he really? Very much. Yes, he did. Because of his plummet. 74 on Sunday. Well, that's. Finished 29th. That's good. Out of the running. Um, and again, I don't want to overhype. But, I don't want to overhype this kid. But in terms of the personality it's going to take to take the pressure of being the next great one, because all of these guys have had a moment to seize the throne, and they did for a moment but never could continue. That's right. And all of them, I, I mean, there's always the stats, the youngest guy to win this many majors by this time. The, you know, And they were, both Roy McIlroy, Jordan Spieth, they were all in that that category, owners of those stats. And then they haven't won one since, and it's now it's been years. But the one guy I've seen that could do it in terms of putting the game on his shoulders and being that dude who can win with talent, but win with also charisma, with focus, with being unwavering is Marikawa, man. He's he. I, when he hit that shot, I said to my roommate, I said, a star is born right there. Yeah. Th- no. This dude, this dude, it doesn't matter what happens from here on out. This dude is going to make millions because of how he looks, how he smiles, where he's from, his background, and how he plays the game. He is, uh, he, it was, it was an, it was an absolute moment, even in real time. I mean, you heard Jim Nance they say it right there. I mean, this is, this is the tournament and he is a star and if he goes on to be, um, you know, a, 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 a great golfer, which I'm not sitting here saying anything like best or anything like that. I'm just saying if he goes on to have a great professional career, that will be the moment that everybody will go back to when you, when you write the biography, when you do the documentary about Colin Marikawa, it will open with that shot, period. And that, that I don't remember ever. Two he, he, he was born two months before 
Tiger Woods first ripped the face off of Augusta back in 1997. Have you heard his backstory? He had one of the great swing coaches in the history of golf as his swing coach since mm. he's eight years yeah. old. Yeah, yeah. That's one way to do it. That's one way to do it. It's 2 Tell the one is 102.9 ESPN Radio. Got a story for you. Can't wait to tell you about it right after this. Boise Girls, Kurtz Polaris are at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, Highway 83 in Sealy online at KurtzPolaris.com. It's still beautiful out summer. This is the summer we're talking about right here. Still plenty warm, long days. Beautiful nights. Get up in the mountains, right? Go cruise around on some side-by-sides. Polaris has the top-of-the-line side-by-sides. Rangers, Razors, Generals. They also have dirt bikes as well. Husqvarna and Beta dirt bikes. Go in and check out the new 2021 models. And you can also get a boat. How about that? How about a pontoon boat, a crest pontoon boat in particular, available only at Kurtz Polaris. Again, Highway 83 in Sealy. And 2904 West Broadway in Missoula, summer the way you always envisioned with Kurtz Polaris at KurtzPolaris.com. At Blackfoot Communications, we're experts at keeping your business technology up and running. From networks and security to communications and 24-7 support, our team works with you to understand your technology demands, then deploys the right solution for your unique needs. Whether your company is just starting out or is looking to take the next step, Blackfoot is here to help. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com business. Blackfoot, connect to more. Some people can take other people's words. Some people just got to figure it out for themselves. It's 2 Telling Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. Great shot. Coulter. If only I was better at diving. (laughs) (laughs) It is 2 Telling Nuanas. And uh, where to begin? You know what I can't wait for? Yeah. When we completely pivot this to a stand-up variety TV show, yeah, yeah, and uh, we let Zoe be yeah. the opening act, yeah, that'll go well. It, it, will, it will actually be the uh, It'll be the highlight. We might as well just stop after yeah, that because yeah. she'll be the opener, and uh, we'll just embarrass ourselves after that. Mm-hmm. But I also, you know, I can't wait for uh, our, our good friend uh, Mr. Cruz to come on here and give us his whole shtick. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of different options here. A lot of, a lot of uh, talented people around Missoula. Maybe we could just have an open mic variety show. You know, it's it's all options are on the table. It would be like Ed point. Sullivan mixed with early 1990s Sports Center. That sounds great. If you could be one early 1990s Sports Center guy, who would it be? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, the four that come to mind are Dan Patrick, Rich Eisen... Stuart Scott and who knows a lot about baseball? Uh, I don't know. Charlie? No. I'll have to come back to it. I don't know. I mean, I like Eisen's career arc is the one that I kind of like, you know, going transitioning into this talk radio and the NFL network gig. That's pretty good. Uh, all right. So, Coulter, you were uh, cruising around uh, Western Montana over the weekend. You found yourself up at the Flathead Lake. You played golf with my father and my brother on Saturday. 
Uh, and then you played golf with me on Saturday. I you did. really spent a lot of time on the course. Good for you. Must be nice to have that kind of liberty and freedom. And Life's all about personal choices, guess. It is. It's and the true. sad truth is, when you're a human, no matter what you choose, you wish you made the other choice. Eh. Often. Well, here's what I'd like you to do for all our viewers at home, is just walk up there and just give the people <clears throat> a good look, okay? Because I'd really have to do this. Yeah, just you don't have to show them the top of your head, which is pretty bad, but just the forehead is uh, is good enough. You came out, and uh, we met up at the lake there, and we had ourselves a wonderful little evening, and we're sitting around the campfire. Now, uh, on Sunday uh, morning, I got to get up and with whichever child rises first of my clan mm-hmm. uh now i'm i'm it's you know that's we've made an agreement that sunday mornings i'm going to be the one to go ahead and take care of that and and uh and do the food thing and do the be awake thing so i called it a night uh somewhere you know around midnight or so i said all right i gotta i gotta shut her down get to bed so i can actually wake up and function at some moderate level in the morning Somewhere later on in the morning, you come walking in. And I was sure that it was a fight. Like, I was sure that it had something. Like, somebody said something around the fire, and then, you know, things got a little heated. Maybe not everybody was thinking all the same things at the same time. And then, you know, we just went to the, you know, the base instinct fighting. No, no, no. What I found out was you were having a great conversation about the beautiful place that we get to live here in western Montana. The stars were something else over the course of the weekend when you get out of town a little bit and you look up there, saw some shooting stars, some planets flying around. Had this conversation about this whole thing, how lucky are we to be here on the Flathead Lake. And my brother says the last item on this agenda as you guys decide to go for a late night dip, the only thing that would make this place better is if it was just a little bit Deeper off the end of the dock. The last, the last thing out of his mouth. First of all, it seems like revisionist history. Well, I I wasn't there, but I am speaking the, uh, I'm speaking the volume that it was as it was recited to me. So, uh, individual number one takes a dive, my brother, his friend, our buddy, Zach, in he goes. Who's who's also 6'4". Right. Your brother dove, though. Yes. Right. Okay. Zach did not. Oh, he didn't? Okay. Zach went feet first. Okay. And you decided, well, I'm going to dive. Yep. And you didn't just touch the bottom. You you put a crater into the Flathead Lake that might be the new deepest part of the lake. <laughs> and you have cuts on your face, on your forehead, a a. Oh, uh, uh, an item that can only be described as a gash on the top of your head. Yeah. Immediately after the conversation about the not quite as deep as you'd like it to be to jump in off the end of the dock. Yeah, this uh, this is a much more a distinct analysis of physics than actual <laughs> stupidity. Because I dove in the exact same fashion that your brother Austin did. I dove out, not down. Which he did a test that that did happen. And, uh, you know, when you're not 5'8", 150, instead you're 6'1", 250, you go to the bottom a lot faster. You know, here's the thing I got to understand. You know, I I was a full sprint. What? (laughs) 
really? You just took a full run? Oh, yeah. Off the Yeah. Because I was trying to get out, too, you know? Well, sure, yeah. And I, want, I was trying to dive nice like distance. I was trying to dive like a swimmer would to propel because I wanted to swim. Well, and then when I came up and I had a handful of blood, I was like, well, that didn't go how I thought it would. Now, what... I mean, your head is the only thing that hit the ground, right? Yeah. Like, so so there is some way in which... Oh, no, that's like swan dive. No, you, no, no, no hands. So you didn't have your hands no. out in front? I'm glad you think this is funny. I mean... I, I was concerned for a little while, and now it has turned to pure joy. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry that it's your it's your physical pain that's that that you know is part of this here, but it is remarkable that that this is the series of events that ended with you headbutting the rocks. Is it though? I mean, I guess I, I, I have guess been not. hurt uh, pretty much every moment that I've been alive. No question. No uh, question. And I stopped playing contact sports some 13 years ago. Yeah. So, you know, it runs in the family. Look, man. My old man used to just mess himself up all the time. Yeah. Just living life. Yeah. Your brother's been through the ringer, too. I know on all this. It's what happens it when you go hard, dude. It. It's what happens when you go hard at 2 in the morning is what mm, happens. It's what happens when you go hard when you're... Two bills plus. Yeah, two, two bills generously. It's two telling new honest, speaking of twos. Take a quick break and come back. See if we can find some ointment for you. Gus, the first meal I had outside my own home following the quarantine was at your house. Brought over a bunch of meat. I brought over my Alpine Touch, but I didn't bring it home. I forgot it at your place. Our first meal was made better, as every meal is made better, by Alpine Touch on basically everything. I put Alpine Touch hickory smoke on my cereal in the morning. <laughs> it's, it's reached that level of usage. And the fact that you left it, I knew that you left it at my house. You brought it over, left it at my house, and like a real jerk, I said nothing to you because I was like, well, that's mine, dude. That's it. You came to my house, you left it in my house, and I'm eating all of it. We've gotten so far into this Alpine Touch obsession, I think, that I actually think we might be able to host a podcast about all the things that you can make with Alpine Touch. It would be short, everything. (laughs) They have a bunch of different varieties of spices, as we know. Uh, They are local from the state of Montana, Shoto Shout Out Original Alpine Touch, and it's great when it's not just local, when it's not just supporting the state of Montana, but when it's also actually the best thing that you can get. I mean, when it comes to spices, uh, it's second to none. So, boys and girls, use your Alpine Touch. Colter, tell them where they can get it. AlpineTouch.com, no matter where you're at in the entire world listening to this, if you are in the United States of America and you make an order of over $50, which, you know, if you get yourself the Grand Slam and maybe some barbecue sauce some sunflower seeds, you're there. Free shipping anywhere in the United States of America right now. Uh, so go to AlpineTouch.com. They're rolling out all their summer Big Mountain flavor packages. The sunflower shoots are really, really good as well. Alpine Touch has got you covered. Alpine Touch, Montana's special spice. To tell and nuance on 102.9 ESPN Radio for Missoula. Welcome back to Tell and Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. A music-free welcome back. What happened, Reese? 
Oh, it's just... You no, know, I wish I could tell you. You know, I mean, man, we're back here, ready to go, and now we got no music. Do you want to sing something? We, can we do... You, you remember those songs that you would do in rounds at camp when we were kids, Coulter? I remember the songs you guys would do. <laughs> I've you been know, the same since I was five. Oh, for crying out loud. It's uh, okay, so tell me this. Tell me this. Yeah. Tell me this. I used yeah. to go to this uh, <laughs> this uh, part hoops, part Bible camp up at uh, Flathead Lake. Okay. Trinity Lutheran basketball camp. Oh, yeah. Yeah. On like the north end of the... Th- I don't know. I don't know. That's when I was like seventh grade. Okay. All right. I distinctly remember the stupidest of all the fire songs. Yeah. Baby Shark. Why is this new now? Because when I was in seventh grade, that was 20 years ago. And people were acting like this is new. We were doing this at Trinity Lutheran Bible Camp in 1999. You know why, I think, honestly? Why? YouTube. Because the kids now got the thing. You know, there's, 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 there's these kids got two million views for opening toys. I, I, oh, trust me. Num nums. I mean, so, you know, Have that's you why the clown guy? baby... Ch- you seen the clown no, guy? I don't know. Blimpy the clown? No. That teaches the kids the colors and stuff? He's no. very much like Mr. Cruz. I, I, we, don't, we don't do the kids stuff, really, in our house. It's good. That's yeah. why your kids are so articulate and smart, no, non-brainwashed. No, no. They're, they're, it's wonderful. They're certainly brainwashed, but it's nah. just by me. Well, that's good. That's um, a, I mean... I would trust your um actually horrendous to say. No, actually, I would I would trust I would trust your mental manipulative tactics much more than the majority of people that live on the planet yeah, at this well, exact moment. I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, I think that's more of a referendum on society than a compliment to you. No, I'll take it. I'll take it as a compliment and a referendum. That's fine. Uh if you would like to listen to this show and uh why wouldn't you? I mean, my goodness, we just deliver pure gold each and every minute of each and every show. Check it out on the podcast. The podcast is available uh, everywhere you get your podcasts, on all your favorite podcasting platforms. It is uh, available thanks to our friends at Blackfoot and Alpine Touch. Uh, Coulter, I just wanted to talk for a moment about Nebraska, not so much about Nebraska football per se, but about the, you know, again, the continuing developments and what different teams, institutions, conferences are thinking, and them as the latest example. So, Uh, Coming out of a president's meeting on Saturday, the Big Ten has not, by the way, canceled fall football, but it sounded like the tone of that meeting started to very much open the door and perhaps even lean toward that that possibility and that eventuality. Scott Frost, who is the head coach of the Nebraska Cornhuskers, uh, on a uh, Zoom teleconference call with reporters, said the following, quote, we're a proud member of the Big Ten. We want to play a Big Ten schedule. I think the only reason we would look at any other options is if for some reason the Big Ten wasn't playing and only a handful of teams from the Big Ten wanted to continue playing. I think if that's the case, I think we're prepared to look at any and all options, end quote. Um, as... I, I don't have my finger on the pulse well enough here to have a, a, a strong opinion about what I think is going to happen. Um, but obviously, the direction has gone from we're playing, we're certainly playing, at least to, well, we're not sure. 
at a lot in a lot of the power fives. I think we can at least say that, and so you see where the direction goes. Now, maybe it just you know goes back and say, no, we are going to figure out a way, and we're going to do it. Regardless, though, the the ultimate point in all of this to me is that all bets are off. Well, we spoke with Jeff Choate earlier. I said, you know, what about the concurrence of a spring season as it pertains to the NFL? He goes, you know what? I think the NFL would adjust. They're happy to have a free, you know, uh, a minor league delivering them players that are ready to go in their professional league. And so they are the ones who will figure it out. And I just think that, and that's just one example, but I think right now we're in a place where they're, it doesn't matter what the guidelines say. It doesn't matter what the laws are. It doesn't matter what the rules are. That this is this is all being written on the fly, in some cases written very poorly, or in other cases just not written at all, which is equally if not as bad, if not worse. But the, the Nebraska Cornhuskers are part of the Big Ten, but if the Big Ten doesn't play, they can do whatever they want. Every nobody's a hostage in a conference situation. No, every and school, you're not hostage to NCAA either. That's no, no, no. People don't understand exactly. Exactly, you can do. Look, the, 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 as we've already talked about, the if, FBS if, playoff ain't an NCAA if, event. If, there's, if there is no conference games at the Power Five level, if you are Nebraska and you want to spend the money, you could fully play eleven consecutive home games, right? And if you don't have issues with the county health department, you could sell as many tickets as you want Load as well. Yep, absolutely. So. I'm, I'm not here to talk about what Nebraska should or shouldn't do, but I do think that what we have here, I think what we're facing is the, the, the more, I don't know if it's a likelihood, but it's closer to something that we talked about a couple weeks ago, and that is just a no-conference, completely independent schedule right. where ADs are calling ADs and going, well, what are you doing on the 23rd of October? And can we can we figure out the logistics and the finances of that and make it go? You know, and I, I'll be interested to see how many schools and cities, I guess, for lack of a better way to say it, regions, areas, if there's enough of them left to, that say, okay, we can cobble together something that is a college football season or an FBS football season. I'm also interested to know if the Big Ten says, no, we're playing in the spring, and four or five of the 12 Big Ten schools go, no, we're playing right now, where does that leave the other six or seven for the spring? You know, what does that even mean then at that point? And we'll cross that bridge when we get there. The point, though, of all of this is just a continuing sort of direction towards, not chaos, but but independence and and basically everything is going to be exceptional for this year. I think everything right down to scholarships and 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 you know eligibility and all of that stuff, it just is all gonna be like, well, I don't know what to tell you. 2020. We'll figure it out and we'll reconvene in 2021 and see where we're at. A lot of things are going to change coming out of this thing, but I just don't think that there's any rules that right now exist that are going to be in play with anything that's coming down the pike. Again, I think that we are fundamentally misunderstanding what's happening at the Power 5 level. This is from Matt Hayes, who covers college football. He's a senior national college football writer for Bleacher Report, formerly of Sports Illustrated. He said... A text from a uh, Big Ten AD said, you and your colleagues are all chasing the wrong story. The The virus alone is enough to stop the season, sure, 
but presidents around the country are terrified of players organizing. If the paradigm shift to a, it's a paradigm shift to change amateur sports forever. You potentially lose one season with the virus. That's here and over there. You lose the entire framework of your mission statement with players organizing. The presidents need time to attack this. The irony here is that the players are going to organize for either result. We have players organizing saying, we are, we are united. We need health care. We need, we need these stipulations to feel safe to play. But then you also have an entire other side of the coin where players are saying, we want to play no matter what. Yeah, They're organizing on either side. Mm-hmm. That's what the presidents are backing out about. Point blank period. Because they know, again, when you get to the point where there's so much money on the table, someone could argue, well, if you could make $30 million... Why wouldn't you just do that? It's because you've created a machine that makes everybody a hundred million dollars, and you can't just have thirty million. You got to sacrifice the entire hundred million to maintain resumption of earning the hundred million down the road. You can't just say we're going to go back and earn thirty million because now it's going to take you three and a half to four years to earn that much money again, over and over and over again, and now the entire model crumbles. So it's worth it to sacrifice it once to return to it. One thing that Jeff Choate said today that I thought was interesting, he's like, our sport, he, he was talking again about not sacrificing the, tw- the fall of 2021 for the spring of 2021. He said, our sport can endure a, a, a year that doesn't have football in it. He's like, but it will do real damage if there's more than that. Mm-hmm. And I'm interested to hear your take on this because you were talking earlier about the, like, well, people are, are so disconcerted and, and upset and well, what are we going to do you know if no football is Saturdays and so forth this has filled such a oh, such such an amount of time and enjoyment and entertainment for people over such a long period of time and you're like well I don't know go on a hike go fishing go mm-hmm. do whatever it is that you can do in the fall that you weren't really doing before how many people do you think go hey why haven't we been doing this anyway why is football such a demand on our time and dollar that we got to, you know, carve out six or more Saturdays every single year to ensure that we're at this place doing this thing. And by the way, it's a grand time. Like, I'm not saying it's not just as much fun or more fun than you could have doing anything else. But also, do you think that there's a certain realization that might come to football fans that does cost the sport dearly in terms of interest, time, money, eyeballs, all that stuff? No doubt. To, to, before I address that point, the other this yeah. is brand new okay. from, from Paul Levine and Mark Schlebaugh on ESPN.com. Okay. The headline is heart conditions that a heart condition that's linked to COVID-19 fuels Power 5 concern about season's viability. A rare heart condition that can be linked with the coronavirus is fueling concern among Power 5 conference administrators about the viability of college sports this fall. Mitocarditis, which is inflammation of the heart muscle, has been found in at least five Big Ten athletes and among several other athletes in other conferences, according to two sources with knowledge of athlete medical care. That combined with coronavirus, or is this a byproduct of or a fallout from? Well, especially for the big guys, for the offensive linemen and that. Exactly. And so here's why they're pivoting. Because even if you got... Say say you have five players that tested positive for COVID-19 that then also have this heart condition that then someday have issues down the line. Mm-hmm. 
class action lawsuit. Can't do it. To your point, though, before we get out of here, because I know we're running short on time. College athletics is going to be in a crisis that has nothing to do with the pandemic if and when, if there's a elongated pause, and to, ironically, and people do take a positive spin on it. I was talking about this with several older folks who are uh, in their late 70s, who are University of Montana season ticket holders for 50 years. And they said, well, I'm not going back to any sporting event like that for, for a long time. It's, it's not worth it for me. I'm 79 years old. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to sit in a full stadium. Period. Yeah. That's a significant portion of the fan base, especially when you're talking about the two Montana schools. Mm. What do we already see? There's such a waning interest in young people. So then, where do the fans come from? If you're losing the older people and you're losing the young people, how do you fill it? I think it's less of a concern yeah. at the big time level. But here's the thing, man. We might be past the days of full-on sellouts. We'll see. Winning yeah. brings people back, no question. But there's needs to be a way to galvanize the younger population because we've already seen that people under the age of 35 are just not nearly as obsessed with live sports. Yeah, I, I think I think there's a lot there to talk about. Obviously, we don't have time time to do it. I do think that there is there is something to that to some extent. But I, uh, I I think that I think that there's always going to be a place for live sports. Certainly. There will be. I'm just talking about with the, the fervor that peaked. Yeah. Before right. HD television right, and on-demand right, right, stuff. Right. Totally. I mean, yep, yep. It's 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 all valid. All right. It's two tell nuanas, boys and girls. Have a wonderful rest of your Monday evening. Culture and I will be back with you tomorrow, four o'clock as always. We appreciate you riding along with us this afternoon. Have a wonderful day. We'll find more topics of conversation. We'll find out. Maybe it'll be me that hurts myself tonight. I'll tell you that story. See you tomorrow. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.